listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Paige Wilson. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by IBM. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Thanks for joining us for episode 303. First off, big thanks to Offshore Technology Conference for allowing us to be here. Even bigger thanks to Fifth Ring for sponsoring the OTC Podcast Pavilion. Fifth Ring is a global B2B marketing and communications agency with over 30 years of experience in the energy sector and beyond. And it's present in Houston, Aberdeen, and Singapore enables the agency to help companies all over the world build better brands and sell more stuff. Learn more about Fifth Ring by visiting fifthring.com. Link is in the show notes. We love those guys at Fifth Ring. We do. We do. We've done so much together with them so far. We've got so much more to do in the future. Just a big shout out. If you're in the oil and gas industry and you need help selling stuff, reach out to Fifth Ring. They're one of the few marketing companies I know that know the oil and gas industry intimately. Right. Speaking of intimately, if you want to leave us a review, it's really easy. Go to the show notes. We've got a new tool. Actually, it's not that new anymore. It's a tool that you can, from any technology, leave us a review. If you want to try to remember, it's lovethepodcast.com forward slash OGTW and page. Yep. I can't read the review because my one note says I can't sync up. <laughs> it, can you read it? Uh, it's from Pedro Satchett. Big fan of your podcast on oil and gas this week, Mr. LaCour. I work for Iconic Lubricants, and we are boosting investment to reach 400 million liters of finished lube sold up to 2026. To give an idea, Brazilian market relies on 1.4 billion liters a year, and here we are bigger than Petrobras and also Move Mobile. Listening to you has helped me a lot of decision-making due to the show, due to the major directions you guys talk about in the show. All my respect to you guys, and let's keep the world running. And he managed to put a free plug in his for his company in he his sure review. Did. Sure People, did. That's borderline. <laughs> <laughs> but since you gave us thumbs up, we'll let it go. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get into the news stories. First one is big oil strike out at Supreme Court. Yeah. So this is not getting a lot of press, but it should be getting tons and tons of press. So the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of anti-oil groups by allowing climate change-related lawsuits to proceed at the state level. Now, Paige, the problem with that is now each individual state can determine if, air quotes, big oil has any impact to the climate, and if so, should there be financial repercussions? Oh, man, I can't wait for this. So think of all the large oil and gas companies times 50 states. Yeah. It is going to be a mess. California specifically. Well, don't even get me started. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, California. You're a beautiful state. People, if you live in California, start stocking up on firewood and warm clothes and start putting water in buckets and listen to the prepper podcast out there because it's getting ready to get really bad. Hydro gas stoves. Yeah, no gas stoves. <laughs> anyway, this issue on whether this should be state versus federal court has always sided with the federal courts, and it's always been the right place to make this type of decision. Now that they're pushing out to the state courts, it's going to allow all these anti-oil and gas groups to go state by state. And sue all the oil and gas companies on multiple different impacts to the climate. And even though most of these lawsuits that the oil companies will win, it's going to cost them money and tie them up in court for decades, which is not good for anybody. And 
whether they win or lose, you want to guess when they spend all that money to fight in court, you want to guess who's going to pay those bills? We are. We are. The consumer's going to pay that. So this is a step backwards in policy. This is not something that needs to happen. I expect it to be challenged. And what we can't have happen is to allow anti-oil and gas organizations try to sue the oil and gas companies under common law claims. Because when you get under common law claims, now you're starting including things like public nuisance and consumer protection. Yeah. Right. So it's just going to be a mess. This is not something we want to see. It's not something that's good for the industry. And quite frankly, it's not good for anybody. It's not even really good for the groups that don't like the oil and gas industry because they could be doing bigger and better things with their money instead of fighting all these individual court cases. But it is what it is. We'll keep an eye on it. Yep. All right. Nigeria completes gas pipeline without Chinese funds. So the reason this is important is that this is the NNPC, the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation. They've already invested over a billion dollars of its own money to build out this super large natural gas pipeline. And this is something that's going to benefit a lot of Africa, not just Nigeria. And the work on this pipeline is about 70% complete. And the Chinese stepped in and said, hey, we'll happily fund the rest of the project. And most governments around the world would have easily taken that money to finish funding the project. But Nigeria has said, we don't like your politics. We don't like the fact that you're trying to take over areas in the South China Sea. So we don't want your money. And it looks like there's several- Good for them. No, it is good for them. But it looks like there's several U.S. investors that are looking at funding this extra billion dollars that needs to go in. And then the Nigerian government itself is also looking at things such as extra export credits to help fund this. So I just like the fact that they said no to the Chinese money. Nothing against the Chinese, but Nigeria has decided that they want to fund this project on their own and own it for their people and for their country. So this is a good thing. Okay. EU boosts energy infrastructure security after Nord Stream sabotage. Yeah, and this is something that just naturally you know would happen. The European Commissioner President Ursula von der Leyen mm. at the North Sea Summit, this which just recently said that we understand that our critical infrastructure, our subsea infrastructure is under threat and that the EU needs to be prepared and coordinate responses to protect this critical infrastructure. So they're doing a couple of things. Number one, they're working on a stress test program to test out vulnerabilities, which I'm actually kind of surprised they don't already have that in some shape or fashion. They've also put together a task force in combination with NATO to help physically protect that infrastructure. And then, you know, if you think a little bit about history before this Ukraine-Russian thing happened, remember Nord Stream 2 was coming online, right? It was being built. It was never brought online because Germany axed the certification process for that turbine. Remember that? It was like 50 shows ago. But Nord Stream 1 had an act of sabotage and that the Swedish say that basically they know who did it. They're just not going to tell, which is another story in itself. I still have a lot of doubts that they actually 100% know who did it. You know, personally said this on the show. So number one, by this amount of time, you would have thought it would have leaked. Somebody that had knowledge of who actually was this actor, it would have leaked by now. And it hasn't. That's a good point. Which makes me think the investigation, even though they think they know who did it, they can't prove it. And that could be the other reason that they don't want to come out with it. There's a lot of people in the world that keep pointing fingers at the U.S. And I'm going to remind you again. Number one, I don't think the U.S. did it. Number two, if the U.S. wanted to sabotage that pipeline, there's no way that they would have let three recordings of the sonic explosions happen from three separate listening stations. It would have appeared as an accident. It would have appeared as a ship drug and anchor, corrosion. Anything else but. Anything else than actually proven that somebody set off three explosives. I still think it was Russia. I think they blew up their own pipeline. Time will tell. Time will tell. All righty. Oil falls as outlook concerns build. 
Yeah, so WTI dropped about 2%. Now, remember, this is after OPEC announced their cuts. You would have thought the price of WTI and everything else would have went up. What's happening is the market has taken a wait-and-see attitude, and the entire trading world is looking to see what the world's economy is going to do. Is it going to pick up? How much is it going to pick up? And China's playing a big part in that. China's economy started picking back up, but now we have another outbreak of COVID going on, and we don't know what the long-term impacts to actual oil consumption will be because of that. So the traders are basically looking for stronger signs of demand. The Federal Reserve is going to, I think this week's going to release its um, report on jobs, inflation, and consumer spending. That's going to play a part in that. I still think, though, that the demand, I don't think I know, the demand for hydrocarbons, the demand for oil will continue to go up for a very long time. It's just what percentage will it go up? The traders themselves are looking at a slowing down in the economy, even though the economy is still growing. So the prices are about where they should be. It will be interesting to see what happens when we hit this summer and we make that switch at our refineries to our summer blends. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit further. And we should see a little spike right about then as well. But the price of crude, last time I checked, was... 7581, I believe, for WTI. And it's probably going to stay around there for at least the next couple of months. Okay, the next two are related. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this up. Okay, so the first one <laughs> is U.S. seizes Iranian oil from tanker. So the U.S. confiscated their cargo of Iranian crude from a tanker at sea. This is <laughs> 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 Y'all see why I'm laughing later. Anyway. This was Suez Max size, which means it's the maximum size super tanker to fit through the Suez Canal. They seized a Marshall Iron tanker after obtaining the court order. Actually, U.S. Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard played a role in this, and they basically confiscated the crew, so they pumped it off the ship, and they moved it to an unknown source. Interesting. Wait, what's the next article? <laughs> Houston-bound oil tanker seized by Iran. This is the tit-for-tat show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we were laughing earlier. <laughs> so this is the Advantage Sweep. Uh, was seized by Islamic Republic of Iran Navy. While in international waters of Gulf of Oman, U.S. Navy forces Central Command reported on this. The tanker did issue a distress call during a seizure, and the U.S. Fifth Fleet is monitoring the situation. What Iran did is actually uh, breaks international law, and it's very disruptive to regional security. And I'm telling you right now, Iranian government, y'all need to quit doing stuff like this. (laughs) You literally have the U.S. Fifth Fleet at your doorstep. You don't want to go down this road. You know from history what's going to happen here. So it looks like the situation on the vessel still remains unclear. The Iranian forces did board the vessel. As of today, May 1st, it looks like nobody's been hurt, but the crew is still being held hostage. And like I said, the U.S. Navy and the Treasury Department are looking into this. And we will expect more because there's no way we're going to let this Houston-bound tanker be kept by the Iranians, bottom line. Actually, Iran, I was threatening you with being worried about the U.S. Fifth Fleet. You don't want the Texans to come after you. (laughs) Very fair. Very. Completely. Okay. Winner shall make shallow water discovery offshore Mexico. See what's cool about this? This what? is a German operator. Oh, really? I mean, in my head, intellectually, I knew there were German operators. I just have never run across one. Winterschau Dia, which is the German oil and gas company, announced a new discovery in shallow water Mexico, Mexico side of the Gulf, between 200 and 300 barrels of oil or equivalent, which is actually a sizable discovery. It was an exploration well drilled in about 50 meters of water, about 25 kilometers off the coast of Tabasco. And this is one of the many wells they plan to drill in that block, which is block 30 in Mexico. They hit pay zone at 170 meters. This looks like this block is going to be payday for 
both the operator, the German operator, and also for the jackup rig that they actually drilled as well. A shout out to Board Drilling who provided that jackup rig. I'm sure they didn't provide it for free though. That's not usually how that yeah. works. So <laughs> it looks like the German operator has a 40% interest and has partners that each hold a 30% working interest. So this is jobs in Mexico. This is more crude, more hydrocarbons on the market because the world's still in an energy shortage. And this is just really good to see. It's nice to see a shallow water wells coming back in the Gulf of Mexico. All right, so next article is what we know ChatGPT can do for the petroleum industry so far. I've had more conversations in the last two weeks about ChatGPT AI than the last five years, even though AI has been around. Actually, our original budget holder for oil and gas this week was our crew up in Calgary at IBM. That was their Watson crew. That was mm. their AI oh, crew. Yeah, the, yeah, Darius and Jennifer. Yes. Shout out if y'all still listen to the show. That was our original budget. Was when I first got to actually see AI with IBM's Watson before anybody else got to see it. Then it was doing some amazing stuff in healthcare and the oil and gas industry. ChatGPT is just another AI. It was created by OpenAI. And the thing that's different about it is that its output is text and speech, and it has a huge language library. So it actually almost can talk back to you. There's a whole bunch of applications in the oil and gas industry. We actually did a panel on this at API Houston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a yeah, month yeah. ago. It was fantastic. A couple of things about this. Everybody, first thing that comes out of the mouth is people are going to lose their jobs. Yes, but the jobs that are going to be lost are menial jobs that nobody wants to do. Right. What this type of technology does is it cleans up all the data so that engineers can be engineers and they don't have to worry about cleaning up data. I just wanted to do my emails for me. That's not that far around the corner where it actually will be able to answer to not all your emails, but a decent percentage of them. It's to get to a point now where it can write content that is good, that's well-researched. It's going to be able to do things that like predictive maintenance, to your point, virtual assistance, right? This could help with reservoir engineering, drilling, completions, anything that you need insights to that you're basically scrubbing Excel spreadsheets for, mm-hmm. chat GPTs can be really good with that. Now, at some point, as the models get better and the data sets get bigger, it's also able to go into geophysics, geology, things like well integrity, predictive maintenance. So there's a lot of places where this type of technology is going to benefit the oil and gas industry. And just remember, every place that benefits the oil and gas industry typically means it's making it safer or making somebody's job easier. And somebody has to train all these machine learning models so that the best person to train this is the people that actually did the job. So don't worry about your job. This is only going to make things better for you, make it safer. And we've been needing this type of technology in industry forever. And it's so nice to see it finally happening. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next article is Louisiana's carbon well permitting application heads to the federal register. Yeah, so the EPA said, says they're going to step in and help speed up the permitting process Finally. for these carbon capture wells. These are class six, six wells, yeah. which are used to store CO2, carbon capture sequestration, which is the buzzwords, especially since Oxy just announced their new direct air capture initiative. But it looks like North Dakota and Wyoming and Louisiana are all going to benefit. So instead of the permitting process taking years, it should now take months. This is going to create more jobs. You know, ExxonMobil, we talked about it in one of our past episodes, is saying their CCS business at some point in the future will equal their hydrocarbon business as far as revenue. Well, didn't we have somebody write in and say that they were understaffed and that was part of the reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the fans of our show. I can't remember his name, but he said that was one of the major problems with this. But this is something that needed to happen. And look, I will give our federal government props where props is due. This needed to change. Exactly. They needed to speed up this permanent process. They're doing it. So thank you, federal government, for doing the right thing. How often do you hear me say that? Never. (laughs) Probably won't hear it for some time. 
Okay, what else? We Swiss National Bank rejects demand of climate change activists. Now, you know I had to add this one. <laughs> so, a bunch of environmental activists, which, by the way, Paige, we need to go outside OTC and see if we can find some of these activists outside. Are there? Talk to, I don't know. We'll, I haven't we'll been see. outside all day. Anyway, activists have asked S&B, the Swiss National Bank, to quit investing in companies they say pollute the planet. Number one. Who are you <laughs> to decide who pollutes the planet or not? I mean, that is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Number two, people and organizations invest money to get a return. Everybody that invests money wants to make sure they do it ethically. Investing in the oil and gas industry is only beneficial to mankind. Then in pulling some of these stunts, let me tell you what they did, Paige. I just figured this out, and we're seeing more of this. So 170 protesters bought shares at S&B <gasps> so they could speak against the central bank's no. investments. That is in itself wrong. You're buying shares so you could try to control another company's business. You're not buying shares because you think it's a good investment. You're buying shares to try to wreak havoc in a company's business, which is just wrong. Somebody needs to come to legislation to make that illegal. It's very unethical. Anyway, so the big complaints is that S&B is invested in companies like Shell, ExxonMobil, Chevron, and Total. These activists want the bank to quit investing in those companies, <laughs> which is not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's too good a return. But these activists need to figure out a different way to help influence companies than buying shares and then using those shares to try to control the company. Somebody needs to have some legal, some laws written around that to make that sort of stuff either illegal or not profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. U.S. EPA to allow summer sales of gasoline with higher blends of ethanol. Let me, let me translate this, this title. <laughs> this is exactly why I put it in here. Our federal government to make people happy is going to allow the summer gasoline to pollute more than it should. <laughs> what is up with our current administration? Pick a side. I don't care what side you're on. Uh, be on the pro oil and gas side, be anti oil and gas, but pick a side to stay on it. So what's happening. And if you don't know in the U S the refiners are required by law to blend ethanol with their gasoline. It's very anti-competitive. It's basically the federal government make, the companies that produce gasoline buy a competing product, which is inferior, bad for your engine, expensive, and makes them blend it with the gasoline. And so what's uh. happening here is that in the summer, the percentage of ethanol that can be blended with gasoline is capped at 10% because it releases particulates in the hot air, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't want higher than 10%. And the EPA is going to allow them to move that percentage to 15%. Now, you want to guess why they're doing this? Why I think they're doing this? Why? Because we're heading to an election cycle, uh, and it's yeah. going to keep of prices course. at the pump low, right? Now, they are basically provided a exemption for their own anti-smog regulations that's going to allow 15% ethanol blend from June 1st through September 15th through most of the U.S. It's known that adding ethanol to gasoline increases smog, increases pollution. This is ridiculous. Now, the only thing about it that's not ridiculous is expected because our current political administration issued this exact same waiver last year when they were struggling with high gasoline prices at the pump. Now, all this is being funded by guess who? The U.S. Biofuels and Corn Lobby. Well, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. This is ridiculous. It's not good for the consumer. It's not good for the planet. It's increasing pollution. Enough said. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up with something a little more positive. Five Phillips 66 refineries win AFPM safety awards. This is amazing, Phillips 66. So not one refinery, not two refineries, five. I think they only have five. Do they? I may be wrong about that. But that's even better. All of them. Refineries have been honored for their safety. So 
We have the Sweeney Refinery in Texas Gulf Coast, the Bayway Refinery in New Jersey, the Borger Refinery in West Texas, the San Francisco Refinery in San Maria, and the Polka City Refinery in Oklahoma all took elite silver honors. Todd Denton, who we actually know, who I actually know, was quoted here saying, safety is the core everything we do at Phillips 66, which is true. I've met them. I know these people. And they won these five safety awards. And really, the praise goes to the employees of Phillips 66 because they're the ones on the front lines exactly. making sure everything is safe, make sure everything is done properly. This is an amazing, very, very distinguished, very hats off to Phillips 66 for doing this. I mean, what an achievement to have almost, if not all your fineries win a safety award like this. No kidding. Great job, Phillips 66. Yes. All right, that's it. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the red count with this internet connection. Well, while you're trying to get to the internet. <laughs> oh, I got it. You got it? Let's yep. do the red count. All right. United States is up to at 755. Canada is down 12 at 93. Internationally, we're up 15 at 930. All right. There's numbers of what they would expect them to be. Uh-huh. Just like advertising with us. You want to advertise with us? It's really easy. Go to OGG.com. Check out pricing. You know what we've sold the bejeebies out of? Uh, energy mixers that, but even more is access to our back catalog. Oh, cool. So for $50 per thousand impressions, you can have access to our back catalog where we put your ads in front of the podcast episodes. We have about 40,000 people a month. Listen to those each month, our old episodes, and we've been selling the bejeebies out, which is unexpected, but good. Speaking of stuff that's unexpected, man, and good. Our LinkedIn page, it is unexpected and good. If you don't follow it, Go follow it right now. It's where you find out like all the stuff we're doing, including, guess what went out today, Paige? Uh, I don't know. The monthly events newsletter that had oh, free yeah. OTC tickets in it. Where we're Remember I now. told y'all, if you sign up and follow the newsletter, you might get a chance to go to OTC free. Well, you did. If you're listening and you're not at OTC for free, that's your own fault. So you need to sign up for the <laughs> newsletter. It's also in the show notes. We never spam you. We just put all the oil and gas events and cool stuff in your inbox once a month. Also, another place while you're on the interwebs is First Friday Q&A. If you want to submit a question for Paige and I, you can either go to oilandgasthisweek.com or OGG.com. Remember, the goal is not to stump us, just to help educate our audiences. And if you'd like myself or any of our experts to come do something like, I don't know, a live podcast at your offshore conference, let us know. We're happy to share those details. And you ready to get out of here? Yeah, I need a drink. Remember, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.